Remember, oh God, he sucked me in there. They call me, I call him a skinny rat, didn't I? Before, like, he sucked me in. Like, I, I, he was just firing abuse at the boys for weeks and weeks, not even at me. And I've just gone, right, have that, you skinny rat. You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill. Hi, I'm Eric Lawler. Welcome to this week's House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. Delighted to say I'm joined in studio by longtime friend of the show, Mr. Stephen Hunt, ex Irish international footballer and now modern day football agent. How are you, Stephen? Good, thanks, Eric. You're you? looking great. You're looking really fresh. I'm fresh. Yeah, feeling good. Recharged. Haven't been on in a few weeks now. Oh, so. brilliant. Can't wait for I can't wait to hear all about where you've been. I'll ask you about that in a second. And of course, stalwart of the show, the brains behind the show, and the man that ensures that I get to sit behind the mic every week, our own Robbie Rebbin. Robbie, you're very welcome. Thanks, Eric. You were on a holiday as well, weren't you? Yeah, Where'd yeah. you go? Malta. Nice. Yeah, actually Lovely. was. I've heard about Malta. It's one of those places I'm going. I've never, it's never, it's never occurred to me to go on holiday there, but it's, I always hear good reports about it's it. It's nice, like, it's a bit strange because, like, across between Italy and um, the UK, because, like, red phone boxes oh, everywhere, yeah. Marks and Spencers, all like, wow, yeah, all yeah. British brands, okay. high streets, but it's and Gary Neville owns half the island, I believe. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he owns half everything, doesn't he? <laughs> a finger in every pie. Uh, Stephen, uh, just mention you're, you're just back from uh, America, you were over in North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I went to, I, I subscribed to play in a TST. Cup over there. Uh, Wolves phoned me about two weeks' notice before the tournament started okay. and kind of juggled my ideas and what I'd done fitness wise and what lack of fitness I had. So we trained a couple of times before we got there. Today, the, the Friday we trained, we I realised the length of the pitch and I went, okay. So what was it? Was it full side, seven aside? Seven aside okay. against all sorts of teams, influencers, Wrexham were there, West Ham were there. Just a lot of ex-pros as well. And ex-pros, young yeah. players, futsal teams, right. influencers. Where is it? North Carolina. North Carolina rally. So, oh, listen, it's Trump great. Plant. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, it was such a four or five days we had whirlwind arriving there to realise this is proper. Uh, <laughs> to, it's serious. To pretend we knew what we were doing at the time. And we ended a competition that was amazing, well run, well structured. Uh we finished on a little mini stag do, to be honest with you, okay. because we were knocked out in the group stages. We oh, played right. we played a Mexican team first game, and the eyeballs were popping out of their head, right? So it was their cup final, playing against Wolves, seven aside. Roll on, roll off subs. So they were coming on like red arrows, and right. we were like blowing. <laughs> <laughs> you were like Stephen or, or Stephen, Staunt, remember Steve Staunton? In the oh, World yeah, cup. literally, right. <laughs> playing it the was, like, it was yeah. like playing against Man City and Brighton put together. <laughs> The 22 years, I've never got a runaround like that game. <laughs> but they were buzzing, they were rocking. They beat us 6-2, I think. But it was a, the rule was, so if you were winning 3-0 at end of the game, it was first to four. So the game wasn't over. So if you were 3-0 down, you still had a chance of coming back and scoring four and okay. winning the game. There was no draws. It was everything finishing a goal. Everything had a climax. Uh, I have to say, extremely well run. And who was on the Wolves team with you? So it would have been Richard Stearman, who we had, we had a couple of players yeah. that were still playing. Right. Sacco, who used to play, who's got a hammer left foot, still plays in Greece. Uh, a few other lads as well. Darius Vassell come, played with us, snapped his Achilles the day oh before. So like, we were training with a bit of intensity, I think, which weren't new. Like, obviously, he, he got there. He, he, the last thing he wants as a coach now is to be out for three or four months. But the tournament was proper. Uh, we had a few injuries. The young lad got injured as well. But... We lost out by one goal in the to qualify out of the ah, group stages. Right. We played against Stephen Ireland, had a team there that were full of ex-pros. Stephen Ireland? Stephen Ireland, Stephen Ireland. Ireland, Stephen Ireland, Ireland, Stephen Ireland no had way. a team there that were playing. They were in our group. They beat oh, us. Was there was Granny? I'm only joking. What is he, <laughs> <laughs> did he have... His, uh, did he have um, what, so what sort of a team did he have? Like He's an agent, I believe, as well, isn't he? Yeah, so, so he, he listen, I think... I don't know. This was the first year run, and we heard from a couple of weeks out that Stephen had a team in as well. 
And then when we got the group stages in our group, so listen, I hadn't seen Stephen since Ireland right. camp, and I had a few, oh, can, I can say this, I think a few court langers abused me for a long time on Twitter, and uh, it was nice to finally see him and actually just put a few things to, to, to bed, really, in terms of my experience with yeah. Stephen was always fine, but mm-hmm. he, the abuse I had taken for years, I just wanted to ask him myself, and I did listen, if I had done anything to upset you over the years, I apologise, because I ain't, I ain't the confrontation type, if you know me, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get it off my chest, but that, that was fine, uh, he said no, we all, it was all good. Uh, so there was, I, there was no animosity, there was no No, was, there was nothing there, but Brilliant. because of the abuse I had taken from this twat yeah. in Cork, I don't mind saying it, yeah. he was over the top on mm-hmm. stuff, I'm pretty thick skinned, I can take mm-hmm. abuse, but I just wanted to put it for my own rest, peace yeah. of mind, and... Stephen didn't know anything about it, so ah, okay. it, it was what it was. He had a good team out, loads of ex players. Uh, they got, I think they got knocked out. They qualified to be fair. They beat us five four. What a match game. that must have been! It was tight. We we should have won the game. I think looking at the, we should have scored two or three goals in the first half. But I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I, I'd like two or three months preparation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Kev Foley, if you remember, yeah, right, yeah. Kev was a coach for Wolves. And we're in the third game. The first two days, I have to say, I didn't feel too good in the games. Like, I was <laughs> blowing. Like, so and I can imagine it was very hot as well. The third game, we got roasting, right? So the third game, we're half-time. Kev, best I felt. Leave me on. I'm okay, like, right? Two minutes later, Kev, hamstring, I'm off. <laughs> so I told me hamstring. I never told me hamstring ever. But I told me hamstring in the game. But if I'm going next year, I'm, I'm training from... From Jan, I'm going to play football. <laughs> but one, when, mi- when they, one they, million for the prizes. For the, one million? One million for the winners That's of the proud. tournament. We used to enter five-a-side tournaments and you get like a bag of crisps or something. To, <laughs> yeah, but coke. a million dollars. <laughs> I don't want to put them under pressure, but I heard the prize money next year is five million. So I hear, Robbie, oh. we're going to training. We probably still won't do well, much. <laughs> maybe Sports Show could sponsor our team. There we go. There oh, we go. Or William Hill, if there. you want to go down that route, what? Like, I'll, get, I'll get a team together. There you go. That's Full right. of influencers, right? Yeah. And we're there, but you need to be good luck. I'll tell you, we have to be good. Eric, we have to train. Have, you might have to be the water bottle man. I'd, I'd, Five million quid. I'll be the cheerleader. <laughs> Don't mind, we're in America. <laughs> so we get knocked out. So quick story: we get knocked out, and Stephen, being Stephen, head to the Irish bar Friday afternoon just for a couple of with one of the lads. And said, oh, "Oh, you're Irish, yeah." The, obviously, the guy's from Mayo. I said, "Listen, tell him Stephen's in town." So the Irish guy rings me from Mayo. Total American accent. Totally Americanized. Yeah, yeah. Hey, dude, I don't know what you are, who you are, but you look famous to me. I'll meet you tonight. <laughs> I, ha- I own Raleigh, pretty much, right? And okay. I'm going, okay, so we turn up at his rooftop bar. I, I think he's 52, yeah. single. I said, have you done any mistakes in your life? A yeah. real catch. Yeah. yeah, so we ended up back at his house at five o'clock in the morning. Wow. Having the crack, having yep. a bit of banter. Like, he was, listen, he was sound. Brilliant. Uh, we, Irish hospitality is alive and kicking. But even, like, say... The Coma were there, so Fabregas played in the tournament. Oh, no. So they they are like they're getting into into the nightclub. Wow! Under Stephen Hunt's name, no. There's a Mark Bertram who used to be at Waterford. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a cheeky chappy yeah, kind of cockney geezer. Now, so, he? Yeah. He seen my Instagram story at two o'clock in the morning the night before and decided to go to the same place the next day and use my name. So when we arrived the next night. Bertram and Como and Fabregas were all kind of like, oh, yeah. this is our time. Oh, this is Stephen Hunt and Wolverhampton's table. On you go, like. If anyone's going to an Irish bar and rally anytime soon, mention Stephen Hunt to be on that rooftop bar before you <laughs> no, know but it. It, it, it. It does go to the show, doesn't it? Like, listen, it was a pretty cool bar as well. Like, yeah. but Irish are fairly welcoming when you find out there's somebody in town, and yeah. and it was a big, big event. Amazing, amazing. So, like, I mean, like, there was it was a mad weekend. We'd, we'd soccer raid. Soccer raid was on, and. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Robbie, Robbie, King, Robbie King got two goals, was it? Yeah, brilliant he got two goal. goals. And his first goal, I didn't see it. First goal was a, a particularly brilliant yeah, was a great Robbie goal. Keane finish. Cracking and he, goal. did he do his trademark celebration it's or something? He's done his roly-poly for one of them, yeah. 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 <laughs> and he still a, got it. And the Champions League final was on as well. <laughs> well yeah, I know. It's almost like a side note at this stage. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So you better mention the Champions League final. City won the treble. Right, that's that out of the way. Um, <laughs> I know, look, we've got it. We've got it. You know, chat about it. I mean... The one thing that impressed me most about the, the Champions League final was that it was a match. It was an actual match. We all went into it. Well, I did anyway, thinking this is going to be a rollover. This is going to be 3 4 for City going to put on a show and finally get over the line. They got over the line, fair play to them. Uh, brilliant goal from Rodri. But um, Inter Milan were really good. What was your opinion on the match, Steve? When I, when I heard Pep's comments on the Thursday, Friday, Italian teams think they're winning a 0 0. I, I think he realised. That this was going to be no walkover. They weren't listening to the hype of Man City are flying. He knew they were in a game, so he prepared him. He prepared his team a little bit by the press conference. I thought, so yeah. listen, you need to realise there if it's nil nil, you're in danger. And listen, they nearly scored the last few minutes. Any way to make it, if they hadn't have scored, and you lose one nil, you'd be kicking yourself. So, yeah. but Man City won the game. It's a massive. Massive key for them to, to, to win it and monkey off the back. I think Inter did everything right, which is probably the frustrating thing as a Man United fan watching it. Because you couldn't expect them <laughs> to do anything. You're very these Man United fans. <laughs> they come out the last I've week, haven't else. they? Like, you're not the first one I've heard in the media to, to have a go at them. I have nothing else. I have nothing else. Yeah. Inter, not saying he should have won, but he did everything right, mm-hmm. everything they could have done to win the match, which was keep a tie, like bring the Kaku on with half an hour to go, create chances from set pieces and just... He, like the coach, like this is why it must be so frustrating to be a manager or coach because what can you do if Lukaku's going to miss a header like that? Like, and this just on that, Robbie, like, I mean, Lukaku, come here, he's a brilliant goal scorer, he's an unbelievable record goal scorer for Belgium and brilliant goal scorer record everywhere he goes, even even his time at United, he still scored 20 odd goals. Um, but I think that moment showed why he can never be considered up in the upper pantheon of. Elite level strikers, yeah, it's cruel. Like that's what yeah. sport is at that level, and this is just the second game, big game now. Remember the game for Belgium in the World Cup? He just froze in that match as well. Yeah. Like it's, people say, it's cruel. You do feel sorry for him, but also this is why these players are paid so much to yeah. score these goals at this point. Like he had one job, and that was to score. And I don't blame him for getting in the way. Remember he blocked. Ah, no, his, that was that was impossible. But the header, you just like. Put it in the corner. He's either side, here. it's a goal. Yeah, because like Edison didn't have to move; he just stood there and blocked. Yeah, but well, he deserve it. I am bitter, but yeah. he did. He did deserve it. They are <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, but as David Beckham said, there's, can there only be one team who won the treble force, and that was Man United. So thanks, David. Uh, he's a guest coming soon. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen, this is obviously we're we're, we're, we're mid season now, pre season if yeah. you want to call it, um, and it's or it's the end of the season. It's a very, very busy time for you. Are you constantly on your phone at the moment and sorting out stuff for players? And Yeah, I think you have an initial burst when the season finishes of people trying to get their business done early. Uh, offers come in and try to tempt players into taking the offers. And then you have a bit of a mid-season, kind of, or mid-end of season, mid-term break where families, the, the scouts, all they all seem to go away at the same time. Right. So they all have peace of mind, the recruitment yeah. teams, right? We're all, I'm, I'm off next week or whatever. So you get the feeling that, actually, the week I was in rally it's going to be a quiet week, so you're not really under too much pressure. Is there still you're not coming off the on. pitch saying anything needs yeah. to make a phone call. <laughs> but as soon as the Monday after that, or the ch- Monday afternoon, Tuesday, your phone is, is lighting up. But that's good because you want to try and negotiate a few good deals. But it is a good time. It's only going to get busier from now on, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I suppose like the, 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 like people, are, people always wonder like how, 
how are agents working? Like so, so you, when you get, a, can we just go through the process again, Stephen? Because it is fascinating to a lot of our, our, our listeners and viewers. You are an agent for footballers, um, so you're getting calls from. Is it clubs? Or intermediaries. What like we keep hearing this word intermediaries being mentioned. It's more like say get your perspective on it, Stephen. Yeah. Like let's say you're you're Harry Kane's agent. You're not his brother. You're his agent. He has a proper <laughs> yeah. agent now. Yeah. What are you advising him? What are you proper saying to him? Agent, yeah. You're like it's like because this is thing. Like is he going to move for a trophy? Is it money? What what's the what should be his priority this summer? I listen. You put me in Harry Kane's situation now. It's a you know it's going to go to the wire because it's Daniel Levy. Yeah. So you 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 just bide your time. If there's a gentleman's agreement there, it's different, but it sounds like there was last year a gentleman's agreement made. So with Harry Kane having the service he's had for Spurs, I think it's just about being patient. Uh, from an agent point of view, why would you be... You wouldn't want to be ringing too many people because you've got Harry Kane on your book. So yeah. you let them do the work. Let let Man United come to him. Uh, whoever, Real Madrid... Listen, there's gaps appearing as you go along. Mbappe then obviously yeah. has said he's not going to sign an extension. So, he's, so there's a bit of a chain. So you put the chain together... You try and play a bit of poker, and and you are when you have Carry Kane as your client, you're not at any risk. Right. So you, would you, you be avoiding him? Listen, stick around for a year, move as a free agent. No, I think whatever. Uh, when a, money's not an object for Harry Kane, so the the emotional attachment you have to Harry Kane is football. What he wants to achieve, does he want him in medals? Is he going to blame you if you don't win medals? So do you want to move Harry based on you want to win the Premier League, you want to win the Champions League? You find out all that first, and then you take it from there. It's not. It's easy for me to say, "Oh, this, this, and this," but until you find out and know the player what they want and what they really want, because in twenty years' time, you want no regrets. Yeah, and no football regrets. Uh, put put it to you, Robbie. Uh, throw the argument that you know, you know, Manchester United fans are getting very excited. Um, personally, I don't think the deal will ever happen. But um, you're thinking Manchester United fans, rightly or wrongly, are thinking if Hayne comes into our team, adds another thirty goals to that team. We're going to be challenging City, but yeah. probably that's a bit of a leap, is it? It's a tough one, like because as a Man United fan, obviously I'd love Kane to come. He's, he's an amazing player. I still don't even think people realise how good the he level, is. I think he's going to go down as the best, but he's one of the best English players ever, mm-hmm. best yes. Premier League players ever. But I mean, look, yeah, I'd love Man United, but I don't know if Kane alone would be enough to bridge the gap. So when I, when I went to Chelsea match live recently at United, I went, oh, what a gap! Yeah, it's there from there's runners either side of him almost son type runs he can drop into a fake number 10 or go play as a number 9 he can do both for Man United mm-hmm. and if there's a case of United want instant success most managers do want instant success now because they won't be in a job if they don't they don't win stuff and next year then he'll be under pressure 10 hard. so they have to progress at a big club Harry Kane is a, is a perfect number 9.5 10 for for Man United no nice. question He's outrageous. he is perfect but my worry for him if I was him I'd be thinking like I was looking there on average, so over the last ten years, City have averaged like ninety-five points a season. Man United have averaged eighty points a season. Wow! So like, can he bridge that fifteen-point gap? He is amazing, but still a lot. Like, and is he, is a worth like not soiling his legacy with Spurs because he'll always be a club legend there. But is a worth pushing that hard for something when he's probably win the League Cup? Because the only two trophies he should be leaving for are the Premier League or the Champions League, and if it was me. And if it's me, easy to say, but it'd be like, I just, Real Madrid is just, what an option that would be. Mm-hmm. So that'd be an option. He might not get the Premier League record, but who cares about that? Like, it's a chance to play for Real There's Madrid. something romantic about bringing United back to his glory days, because you are getting to that stage yeah. now where you're not in that bracket anymore. You have to win a Premier League, Champions League. I think he'll find appealing. I yeah. think he'd look at it and go, this could be good for me. Well, the talk is that he, like, 
the top, if you're to believe the rumours out there is that, you know, the only other club he'd consider at the moment is Manchester United. I don't know why or, you know, like it, it seems bizarre. But um, you mentioned like there is that 15 point average gap. I'm looking at United this season and the stupid points they dropped in games, you know, and I'm going, if Kane was there, would that have happened? Maybe he would, I would say with Kane, the team, on average, he'd probably gain another 10 points per season. Possibly. Like thrown the, out there, the, the, which doesn't leave an so awful big gap. I'll, yeah, I'll come in in there. It's not just Harry, what Harry Kane brings, it's what he brings to the rest of them, the belief yeah. that yeah. Rashford has, Sancho have, if I pull it back here, it's a yeah. goal. If I go one, two, he can, he can see me coming in. He'll see all the sun goals that he set up for Sun over the years. It brings the whole team. Ericsson brings in Hernandez. Loads of different options where mm. they know they can play on the back of it and they're getting better quality. Yeah. I think it's a great point, sorry, about like Sancho was brilliant at Dortmund because he did it on Haaland. Finishing yeah. chances for him. Yeah. It's a lot different from a big, big, about big horses, the one taking the chances. So He's been linked with a few places. Right? Yeah. But I think he's been a bit unlucky at United. I know, listen, he's at Man United. He's, he's been looking to start with. Gap. <laughs> There's always a stopgap for him. And that was so popular. But I actually think he could do a good job for someone in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, he's still a Burnley, isn't he? He's still a Burnley player. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He'd do a good job for Burnley. But you're thinking McCain, that would be questioned. Like, it's, he's going to be 30 in the summer. So it's a bit like the Van Persie move for United. Yeah. You, you might get a year or two out of him. I would, I would hazard a guess and say McCain, I know he has the odd ankle injury and whatever, but he seems such a apparently fit player doesn't, yeah. he doesn't get that many knocks I don't think yeah, and I think there's at least a good 4 or 5 years in him there is I think like those playing devil's advocate as well just so you know a lot of United's better players are at the, the higher end like so you have Casemiro 31 you have Bruno 28, 29 Varane over 30 so Ericsson, it's an old yeah. squad so it's like you ever seen like the NBA like clubs because they can draft players like a lot of them will like oh we better win now so they'll go all out and sign big stars who might only have a year or two so okay. if you are going to get Kane it can't just be Kane it has to be a top goalkeeper yeah. as well that's where, the, yeah, that's, that's where the recruitment team United like yeah. buy Kane it gives them 18 months to 2 years to identify the next one yeah. and that's where Liverpool and the, the teams gone before them have been so good at it they've identified early and gone early with the players Brighton have done the same with their players yeah. they've identified like Man United could have signed Casido for 4 million three years ago and they I know. Messed about like I knew mm. I was. Um, he's still being linked though, apparently. United are still looking at him. I'd love to get Casado. Anyway, it's not a Man United podcast. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <about laughs> I'd love to chat about Man United all day. So, moving on to Bowes. No, I'm joking. Um, so, just, <laughs> there's a lot of players, I suppose, out for, up for grabs, uh, Robbie, yeah. uh, during the summer. You want to give us one or two names well, there? Matt Doherty's a big one from an Irish perspective. Like, Matt. He's did, a free agent now, isn't he? Yeah, he didn't play much. At, let the go, which is no shame. 12 like, minutes or 12 something. minutes, but still, he probably wasn't going to play a lot at Tottenham. So, he got to go play for a big club. Mm-hmm. Great experience for him. Under he's a proven Premier League player. He's um, been a, he was a great wing back. He was brilliant in like the 18, 19 season, 19, 20. That's why he got his move to Tottenham. Like, yeah. So, he's a very kind of. Specialist player, I think he do a good job. And we were chatting earlier on, maybe, um, maybe Arsenal, his boyhood club. <laughs> is it, what's his boyhood club? Isn't yeah, he's sport Arsenal. Oh wow! Yeah, I'd say the sports fans didn't hear about that. And <laughs> you know, you played him, like yeah, you, yeah. Like, I think from early on, even going to Spurs, it come out that he was an Arsenal. Oh, fan, really? So did yeah. Okay, it wouldn't have helped, but uh, yeah. knowing Matt the way I do, it wouldn't really have affected him either. So he's really laid back, is he laid back? Not pretty chilled. I think he'll be looking at a situation where he'll probably know he's in the shop window against Greece a little bit. Uh, he'll have offers for sure from Premier League clubs. It's just a case of biding his time and mm. and seeing which one fits him best because he is seeing that as that specialist wing back yeah. type role. There is teams that play wing backs, so you will become appealing. But even say the likes of Arsenal play with a high fullback anyway, even Ben White, and they can come into midfield. So Matt can do all that. Yeah. Arsenal, I'm not so sure, but you don't know. Funny yeah. things have happened. But so I suppose he is that stage of career where he wants to be playing every week now at this stage. Yeah, yeah. that is the thing though. What would you be advising, Stephen? So like, is it? 
you get a good move, a long contract here, a three-year deal, uh, where yeah. you're going to be a squad player, or this other club will offer you a year or two, and they're only mid-table, but you'll you'll play every week. I think I think it'll be a case of weighing up the situation. You weigh up playing every week. You weigh up the financial package. Is it too good to turn down? Your family, he's got kids. You weigh up everything, and then you go right. You play on your emotion. What are you going to be happy with in, in five, six years' time if you're going to go here? Like he couldn't turn down Atletico Madrid. No, no, you can't. He wasn't playing regular enough for Spurs to be to be even saying anything about Atletico. So yeah. you have to go. You'd rather not get a game at Atletico Madrid than not get a game at Spurs. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> said that. He's o- he's over there. He's away from his family. He's he's it's a lonely place sometimes. Yeah. Even though we're chatting freely about him, he's over there just social media, resting in the hotel or whatever he's been. But I think he'll have some offers that will come in that should be appealing to him. Well, you imagine he'd be a very attractive uh, um, proposition as a free agent to even like the promoted clubs coming up, the likes of uh, Luton, um, who, who else can promote? Uh, Burnley. 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 And Sheffield United. Sheffield United. United. Yeah, you'd imagine like he'd be an attractive option to any of those well, clubs. Well, like, he's an experienced Premier League player and mm. as I say, at his best, like those two seasons, I'm looking here like he'd like Four goals in each of the seasons, seven assists in one season. Like these are all metrics that will help him. And twice, like it didn't go that well at Spurs, but he's playing like as he was playing as a fullback under as Jose. an orthodox fullback. And yeah. It didn't work out as well for him. And he had got a great period where he was absolutely flying under Conte until they come up against Villa. Kulikeski was. I'm pronouncing that wrong. I know I am, but he was key for him. But we know who you're talking about. He come inside a lot yeah. and allowed Matt to go outside, or he would go outside. Matt would go inside. They were really two intelligent footballers. Matt needs someone. He's not one of them that's going to go skipping past someone like Ryan Giggs. He needs football football intelligence to play with. Yeah. And I think he can play as a good fullback. Yeah. I just think he hasn't. Yeah. And it's made him look like he's a specialised. But I think he's just as good as a fullback and he's a wing back. Yeah. Right manager, right place. He's been unlucky as well. I remember watching that film match and I think the Spurs won 4-0 and they were flying on the Conte and Steven Gerrard's Villa were quite a rough enough team mm-hmm. and he got absolutely levelled. Right. And that injury then knocked him back. He comes back. The World Cup's on. There's a break. He does. He's not getting in. Then he's six months left on his deal. So he, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's yeah. had a he's had a great career. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Arsenal as a squad player would be a good move. <laughs> and no, don't forget, he, he won't be shy of a, abroad as well. He'll have offers to go abroad. When you're out of contract and transfer mart where clubs will go and look at players out of contract, it'll come full-back international. He has a he has a great game on Friday. Watch him signing for Olympiacos on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Did you could you see him reaching that potential when you first came across him? Uh, yeah, because yeah, he was always an intelligent fullback. Yeah, uh, Kev Foley was he would have been ahead of him at the time. Very similar in terms of never dived in, never actually wanted to tackle you. John O'Shea played similar, where he always stood on his feet. He waited for you to yeah. give him the ball almost. And I think Matt's always been intelligent football. I think he had to go with the he had to have a bit of rough when he when he came. He was. He was a young lad learning his trade at Wolves. That was took time, but again, I would say he never got distracted. He kept being himself. Never really went out often. Never did just yeah, behave himself. Yeah, a very focused individual. Focused but laid back. So you right. have to understand them. Like if you were sitting here, you'd be going, "Come on, Doc, give us a bit more." Like yeah, yeah, yeah. gives a bit more energy. No, it's not his style. Um, another player I want to throw into the mix there, Robbie. One of your favourite players, Stephen. You always have a nice opinion on James Madison. Is up for grabs. Yeah. James Madison. You've a, you, you've a, you, I know you. You know he's what? What, what is your opinion? I know, to, I'm going to surmise or paraphrase Stephen and go. Um, great player, but could be even better if he if he applied himself a bit more. Yeah, without a doubt, he's got so much ability, mm. loads of ability. Just where what level he gets to. He he has ability that I've seen with Ireland. He's way above everyone else I've played with with Ireland. And in Premier League teams. Yeah. But you got to go and do it. And you yeah. got to prove it. His stats are not good enough. Quality. I'll be watching this one. He'll be like, tearing his hair up. But his stats are not good enough to get to the top four. 
either of mine. That's why I didn't play. Well, you know I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sitting there going, oh, he's he's an unbelievable player. He's really talented. Just got to get to the level that he can get to. Does that level of talent hold some players back in a way because like, it's too easy for him and he's not going to be willing to work on his game the yeah, way someone on a lower can, level It can might. come. Like I, I remember when I went to Coventry and he was practising free kicks every day, like really looking to improve his game. And then he got a move to Norwich. I just didn't really do as much. I thought, come on. Yeah. James, yeah, like, this, yeah. keep going, keep practicing. Yeah, yeah. Things are not going right for us, but keep going and keep playing. And it always stuck with me. Having said that, could I see the career he's had? No, but am I surprised? No either, because his ability was frightening. Yeah, I think it's Newcastle for him anyway. It seems looks hey, that way. It's right? a top four club, you know. There's Champions yeah. League football. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's not they're they're new to the top four. It's not like going to Man United okay, where you expect them to be an absolute elite level player getting 20 goals, 10 assists a season. Newcastle still kind of find their feet at that level and it'll be a tougher season next year. So it's probably a perfect move for them. And the only other club mentioned was Spurs. Spurs are looking at Who are you going to go to there? Like? Yeah, of course. You know, are you going to go to... You say that, right? But he's the type of guy, oh, London, bright lights. Okay, yeah. Might quite like it. Like. Yeah. Do you he get that a lot where lads is like, oh, I'm not going to go They might look place. at the location and go, oh, I'm going to go live in London for a while. Uh, and it's wrong. You can make the best football decision. But Spurs is a massive club. Let me know. Is that a big issue, Stephen? Like location? Like, like as you say, like the I, northeast. I don't think it is for the Irish lads or the British lads. I think they'll go with what's best football-wise for them. But with definitely the foreign boys, they like to think they live in London, they can, they think it's the bright lights, you know what I mean? But they don't realise that you can't eat in a nice restaurant every night, you can't, otherwise you won't be a footballer. So I'm sure there's one or two nice restaurants in Sunderland and Newcastle, isn't there? <laughs> I'd say there is, it yeah. has to be. Or maybe there's a gap in the market. <laughs> Hello, there's, a, there's a mad no. night house in Newcastle, I know that, we had a Christmas can't party. Wait for, can't we? wait for a house of restaurant next week when... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we announce our new business in Newcastle. Um, <laughs> another player I want to throw out there is um, De Gea. Okay, uh, De Gea was, I suppose, he's he's he's, he's been a hugely divisive figure uh, amongst. Here we go back to Manchester United again. But he is a big, prominent player in the world of football. He's the Manchester United number one currently. He's been criticised in quarters. He, he he's not the keeper that Ten Hag wants to play the game that he wants. Um, had a disappointing cup final let's be honest that second goal in particular didn't move his feet quick enough where, 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 where if you were De Gea's agent what advice would you give to him Stephen stay or go again the player my my job is to give him options Yeah. so I'll give him options and then he's got to live with, the, with his decision what to do and he's got to be comfortable with it I think from a football perspective Manchester United is going to be the biggest club he's going to play for he ain't going to play for a bigger club Next club, I don't, I don't think he's personally. I don't think he's he's good enough for Ten Hag to play the way he wants to play. I would be. He'll probably be looking at cashing in because I think United will go and sign a keeper as well. Even if he does stay, I think they'll sign another one. Henderson will leave. There's a there's a market. There's a big chain of goalkeepers on the move this summer. Yeah. Uh, maybe ten, twelve clubs need number one and number two. So there's a lot. There's a big chain there to come, and I think the Ray has been linked with Spurs. Could De Gea go to Spurs? Then that that will be blocked. Where does he go if he doesn't? He might end up going. Like there's talk of him guitar. signing a new tr- contract on reduced terms. This is the strange one. So like they're saying to him, "We're going to pay you probably half, and you're not going to be guaranteed to play." Yeah. And you're like, "Why would anyone in any other line of work take that?" It's still obviously amazing money. Still gets to play for Man United. So it's just I suppose for him, it's like he's not going to improve his footwork. He's at that stage of his career. He's not going to get better. He's not a natural fit. So Robbie, the, I think he has got a little bit better as well. Yeah. To be fair to him, he has tried to adjust. I'm not saying it's not like they don't pass it back to him. Yeah. He he, he is trying to be, but he ain't at the level. Anoya for yeah. Inter Milan was coming yeah. out. He was 
you know, doing drag backs every time he goes. I do think he has got better, yeah. but he's not at the level. I don't yeah. think. So yeah. depends what his priorities are, Stephen's saying. Like he could go back to Spain maybe, but again, he's not going to get that money there. He could go to Saudi Arabia. if he j- It's just money. But I suppose it's probably admirable in the sense that he has been a United legend. He's like, I love the club. I want to stay, even if it's on less money and I want to improve. But you'd still be looking to get someone else, probably David Ray off Brentford or something yeah. like that. Sanchez at Brighton is, yeah. is extremely talented goalkeeper. Yeah, it's just the case of where they, he's not even playing at the moment at Brighton. So they will a young one like that might come in and be his understudy. Well, there's yeah, there's an argument that um, De Gea needs to be challenged. Like he's never been challenged. Like by like who do you got this season? Jack Butland. Um, who was he's too good got. to be challenged for a while now. You know, I would I would argue though the, the season that Dean Henderson was there. And Solskjaer said, "Listen, I'm going to get. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it." And he didn't really play him at all. Yeah. I think that was one of the highest better seasons of the last few seasons because I think he, he felt challenged between you know? like what was it, Ferguson leaving Ferguson's last season up to around 2018, 2019. He was unbelievable. He was yeah. United's probably like I've seen United from back when Schmeichel was there. At one point, I would have had him ahead of Schmeichel or yeah. Van der Sar. I remember one game against Arsenal. Oh, I remember that manager, game, yeah. And he was just incredible. But he, he just he's not the modern goalkeeper that a lot of clubs are looking for I was at Brentford v Liverpool a while ago and I couldn't, the match wasn't great And but what you're thinking was like David Ray it was just like a midfielder he was like it was like balls like, yeah. better than a lot of outfield players and you just that weapon that a club needs to have on Anna during night if you know you are going to push like 10 yards up the pitch further and play the way Ten Hag wants to play it's not the highest so you'd nearly be thanking him for his services or keep him as a as a very useful backup option yeah. Chelsea will need two goalkeepers. They've they've made it public as well. So there's a massive chain. Spurs need a goalkeeper. Brentford need a goalkeeper. If he leaves, so there's a right good so there's chain. So a big goalkeeper merry go round this yeah, summer. There is, and that's yeah. where Kelleher yeah. will come in. He could be. Yeah, yeah. I, I he probably has to move Stephen really to advance his Ireland chances. Do you think? <sighs> yes, especially now that Gav has been left out, it might give him that character of a play. But both of them are extremely talented. There's no question. Gavin Kelleher and even Travers has done really well in the season. He's played a couple of games. Are good goalkeepers. It's just a case of when they went to play, when they make a decision to to leave Liverpool. It's not easy to leave, leave Liverpool thinking you have a chance of playing. Yeah, there's no doubt that he's a talented goalkeeper, Kelleher. Um, yeah. And but he's, I would say, unfairly criticised by Liverpool fans and Ireland fans. Um, like they look at him in isolation. That one game against Southampton, the last yeah. game of the season, they conceded four. But he hasn't played. You know, he's That's not up to the rhythm of first like, team football. He's shot stopping isn't on the level of Allison. It may be at some point down mm-hmm. the line because he still is relatively young for a goalkeeper. He's might be not as good as De Gea, but his footwork is, is amazing. So that just opens up the whole pitch for the team. They can play certain types of passes, they can play certain type of formation. Like it just he will give you that. So like someone like Brentford might be ideal for him because going back to Brentford I was watching them you're like Brentford are like solid defensively very solid yeah so like it's not like say Bizzuno or some goalkeepers where they're the difference between a team conceding three or four I think Brentford will still do well even if De Gea, or even if sorry um, Keller isn't as good a shot stopper as Ray they'll still perform on a, a certain level so that might be the perfect kind of environment for him to develop because like David Rea played in lower leagues and now he's wanted by Spurs wanted by Man United so then this will be the proof of Keller like, yeah there's a young boy called James Trafford and then obviously Carl Rushford as well they're two England 21 goalkeepers yeah. they'll be in the market because Gav did that last year from Southampton so there's going to be loads of keepers like James Trafford will play for England 21s by the looks of it and then he'll be on the move too from Man City so he'll be the same as Bazuna. he'll mm-hmm. all of a sudden get to a level where he plays as well so yeah. it's, it's actually lots to happen on the market it's a good market for me to yeah. be involved with at the moment as well So I know you present the options Stephen but would you ever say to, would you say to Kelleher if he's your client like now 
is probably the time to go as nice as it has been here uh, I think you get he'll, he'll, I'd get a feeling off the player yeah. that he's just beginning to think he should be playing and then you go you, you, okay the player will go to me if I go here what will it look like as a package what will it look like as a am I number one what are my wages like and then you put it together and go okay maybe it's time to go then yeah. I'll always give advice but ultimately it has to be your call to, to go I'll never take a decision away from a player because it'll come back on me then and my job is not that my job is to go and give them options have you ever had a player come back to you going I can't believe you recommended that move <laughs> no because I, I yeah, never I, let them I let them decide because okay. I think it's, they ask me I think well the plus is this the plus is your wages are going to be better it's a, location's not great mm-hmm. for where you are now with your family but that happens but you've got to go and do what you have to do You're a, you get paid to play football you have to go and play before I forget about it lads I just want to throw out this very, very possible scenario about next season, okay? And here it is. <laughs> Not bows in Europe, no? No, 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 no. Here it is. Um, the Champions League finals in Istanbul uh, just over the weekend. An amazing occasion. Like, big, big, big-time football. The next season's Champions League finals in London at Wembley Stadium. But the Europa League final is here in Dublin at the yep. Aviva, right? Liverpool are in the Europa League. Manchester United inevitably will get knocked out of the group stages <laughs> into the Europa League. Manchester United versus Liverpool in the Aviva. Imagine that for the Europa League final, Stephen. I'm going to take your romantic side away now. I want West Ham to be in the final because it's Sufal. Yeah. Obviously, he's had Prague this year yeah. and then he'd have Dublin next year. He's two agents, one abroad in Czech, obviously, and then me. No way. No. Yeah, well, Very good. I didn't know that, Here's Stephen Hallett. Tell us a little bit more about that. No, well, I, 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 I didn't know that, sorry. I'm part of the reason why Sufal is here in, in England, so I look after Vladimir. So, wow. Uh, he had his time in Prague. He had his dream from the, from the start of yeah. the year to get to Prague for the final. And if he gets to Dublin next year, then I can show him yeah. around Dublin for a night. Because the West Ham boys look like they had a good time as well. Oh, but did. anyway, go back to Liverpool. Liverpool <laughs> and Manchester. Yeah. No, 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 West Ham versus West Ham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. Listen. Yeah, no, you know you'd be playing in <laughs> London that night. Yeah. Um, you know you'd be well out by then. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, just imagine the. I would imagine that. I wonder, I wonder if anyone from the Irish government now listening to this podcast going, holy shit. Has anyone actually thought about that? Because it's a very, very possible scenario. And it would be. I would think apocalyptic to our government because there's a reason we don't win the Eurovision anymore because we don't want to host it. It's too big of an occasion <laughs> for us to host. Imagine us trying to host. I would envisage 100,000 Man United fans and 100,000 Liverpool fans converging on, on Dublin City Centre for that final and about 10 of them have tickets. <laughs> it would be amazing. When, the yeah. more you think about it. Yeah, the, the excitement of the yeah, city. Like. Yeah, and they'd be coming from everywhere. Yeah. Oh, from all of Ireland, Liverpool. The two most... Yeah. Supported clubs in, in in Ireland and England. Um, I, I just I just wanted I just realised that on the on this morning coming on the bus going. Imagine, imagine it's going to be an amazing occasion regardless. I think we did have one Europa League final here before, but it was two Portuguese teams and it was Braga and Porto. Porto. Yeah, and you're kind of going kind of a little bit disappointed mm. even though they're two big Portuguese clubs you're hoping no come here inevitably Seville are going to be one of the finalists um, so it'll be Seville and whoever else but you hope it's another big European yeah. team just for the sense of occasion in Dublin Sevilla masters aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool at Man United would be amazing oh my god and there's no trouble we? there's no well you see the, that's the thing no they wouldn't you would hope not they, they yeah. hope not they're coming yeah. to our yeah. capital they're going to behave like yeah yeah and yeah, I'd, uh, uh, I'd err on the side of caution there and hopefully United will uh, qualify from the group stages and avoid that <laughs> apocalyptic scenario for the Irish government um, would you want to talk about any other players uh, that, that should be maybe looking at the move and another one's Harry Maguire last man United mentioned that has to move mm-hmm. that has to happen another probably sports link for him aren't they yeah I don't know if he too passed the cogler the way he wants to play because like Celtic would play like nearly in the opponent's half Oh, so yeah. that's Harry Maguire's biggest problem it's not that he's 
bad at football or he turns like the Titanic. He's just yeah. not very fast. Like he's, yeah. so, he's always going to be susceptible to passes over the top. So, I'd say more Newcastle to him. Newcastle. What do you think? Oh, I think it'll be a late one again. I think definitely won't be till second third week of pre season that he'll turn up somewhere maybe and they'll have to be acceptable on based on his captain, his behaviour. So the fee is going to come down. Somebody will probably try and get him on loan at first and pay yeah, a small fee. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He, he, you know, I've a lot of sympathy, I suppose, for Harry Maguire. It's not his fault that he was eighty million. You know, it's not, no. it's not his fault that you know United paid that money for him. I was at the time remembering going, that's ridiculous amount of money to pay for Harry Maguire. He was a good defender. The ultimate thing with these transfers, sorry, Eric, is that like it doesn't matter what they pay. You'll see this, Stephen. If they do well, no one talks about the transfer yeah. fee. No, I remember people questioning Sadio Mane to Liverpool for thirty million. Oh, now that looks like a steal. Bargain. Like yeah. this is so. If you do well, no yeah. one will ever. No one's questioning how much Haaland gets paid a week. Or, yeah. So that's the ultimate thing. So with the transfer fees, is that's for other people. Big that's, one, Phil Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, it went through my head and yeah. I was smiling to Phil myself. Like, what would you advise? Oh, I know. He's got, I'm sure he'd have his picket clubs. At what this would, stage. What I don't say? know, you know, it's just because he hasn't played for so many years, there's going to be a lot of cautious. Is he able to play back to back games? Is this what clubs would be saying to you? Like, it's like a car that hasn't been started for six years. Right. So, do you know what I mean? Will it start? Will it go again? Will it, will it be all so right? How would you go about getting him and move um, Stephen? Would oh, geez, that be like, come back to me and this? Like, this <laughs> no, no, I, I brought it up back, yeah. <laughs> no, just as fascinating, just being an agent. Like, how, what, how yeah, would you I, sell this guy to someone who. Yeah, he needs to know if, he's, if the engine will start, if he's going to be up to speed, and if he is training, how he's conducted himself in training every day, how much what work he's done on the training field to be able to sell him and say, listen, this is what he's done for the last five years. He's actually not missed a day's training. Show me your data, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You get Man United to, to give you your data that you need for him to go on and, and start his career again. Because yeah, mm. I'm sure he's... A, no, I'm not sure he's excited because if he was excited to play, he'd have left United yeah. years ago. So let's see. It'll be an interesting one. Yeah. I suppose one more interesting one uh, in terms of players being linked with clubs is the hugely talented uh, Will Zaha. Um, Zaha has just been. I think it was it was an he's Alex Ferguson's last ever signing at Manchester yeah, United. He didn't play under, and it was unfortunate for him. He had an unfortunate time at Man United. Um, no doubt in the man's ability, like mm. incredibly entertaining. Um, a Palace legend has had another brilliant season with Palace. His contract's up. He's got he's got to make a big move now. Um, mm. You wonder what his motivation is. It going to be money? Is a career? Um, obviously, there's Saudi links. There's links with uh, who else is there? PSG, and obviously. Ch- Crystal Palace have, have given him a record break, or offered him a record breaking contract. If you're Zaha, Stephen, again, sorry to come back to you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what are you thinking? He's obviously scarred from going to Man United, leaving, but he was a young boy then, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't let that, like, people change as you get older, you get more wiser, how to adapt to the surroundings. If he does go to PSG, say, you're guaranteed to be playing in a massive club, massive fan base, why not engage in, in it? Go play the Champions League, Neymar and the likes are leaving, so you're going to get game time go and be the main guy at a, at a massive club and embrace it. I think if you're going to go for the money, you're going to end up in Saudi. That's, that's just yeah. what's happening right now in the world. And uh, you can't, you're not going to be judged only for the money when you go there because it's not the league. So he has a decision to make. I'm sure he's getting bucket loads thrown at him. But PSG to me, I'd actually quite like to look at that. Yeah, he's been a big fish in a small pond for yeah. a long time. And that can happen with players. Like He's obviously very talented, but... There's nothing wrong if he does stick around at Palace. There's nothing wrong with being the big fish no. in the small pond. He obviously enjoys playing there. And Palace are a very young, talented team now. I mean, I mean, the last couple of seasons, before this season, 
they, they had an aging squad and it was kind of given an overhaul brought all this new exciting talent in you've got the the, the the what's it? You've got Eze, you've got um, Olise. Yeah, Olise. Yeah, they're very talented. Yeah. So I think talented, from, so from easy on the eye. Wilford as well. Sorry, age. Yeah, you're going to leave him with good memories. Palace. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not too sure he can sustain 46 games a year now and play regularly at the intensity the Premier League requires. Hence the reason why Liverpool are not coming after him. They're all there is question marks there. So I I would think I would disappear to a big club with less intensity. I think if he leaves Palace now, he'll have really fond memories forever. He can always come back for a substitute appearance. But when you want to play 46 games at Premier League, it's not easy. Yeah, I suppose if, if he wants to go to a big club and not play much, PSG is the ideal environment <laughs> for him then, isn't it? <laughs> um, so I suppose uh, moving on, uh, uh, Robbie, um, huge week for Irish football. Yeah, big you know? game against Greece. It's a very tough match. Um, Greece are ranked around our level. They're 52 and the world we're 49. I know people don't. Always look at these rankings or scoff at them, but it does it means something. When you mentioned that to me earlier before we came in here, Robbie, yeah. I'm surprised. I thought Greece would have been a lot higher in the rank. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just I'm clouded well, by the fact that they won the Euros all them years ago. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're around they're, our level okay, basically, right. and then they were playing away in Athens, where I was checking it's going to be. It's warm enough in Dublin today. It's going to be 29 degrees. You know, Stephen from playing away mm-hmm. matches, Ireland. Like it's tough. It's mm-hmm. going to be very difficult, and I'm not going into any kind of expectations, or I won't be. Going Kenny out or Kenny in, I just I just want them just to, like this should be like a litmus test. Like this is these are a team on our level. If we aren't going to beat them, or at least get a point, oh no, this is the talk. You I have to win. Like yeah, I can't have this. Okay, I'm sick of this. Even going to Athens. Yeah, I'm just sick of this talk of like oh we had 52 percent possession there. It's positive. Oh we had a header mm. at the end. It's positive. No, like we need to start reducing this back down to did we win or did we lose? And everything that happens this week is to that aim. It's to so there's none of this positive. The only positive is the result. And I don't, I don't want to sound like an old school proper football man, but I've had three years of this talk. And if we are going to ever start qualifying again or even come closer to or even improve our ranking so we can get a better draw, it's, these, this is the type of match we just have to win. Like, okay, so it's a must win for you. Yeah, a must win. Steve? Yeah, I think the preparation, Turkey for 10 days tells you the heat, the intensity, they want to get used to it. And they played a practice match last week in terms of between themselves, just to try and get up to speed, because it can be a bit of a shock, culture shock to your to your system. I think, I think they can't realise that they have to perform and have to win games now. I go back to the Bulgaria away, where we win 1-0 free kick, you find a way of winning, and you have to try and get points on the board now. I think the squad are well aware of the transition period is over and the results matter. I think Stephen will be more aware than anybody, even though he'll play it down, but we are at a stage now where we need to get results and... I don't think we should go away from our style of play. I think that's wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. But to stick to it and find a way of winning is key. That's what I like about Stephen's Trapatoni team. And I, people saying, oh, that Trapatoni's boring. Like, I remember that qualification campaign for the World Cup in 2010. And there was always a set piece or like the team were just so well drilled. And you knew the starting lineup ahead so of it. They strengths. Yeah. And like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's international football. You have people going, oh, they have to be entertaining. I'm like, have you watched many international matches? Yeah. Most of them aren't entertaining. I remember yeah. nearly falling asleep watching Spain at the World Cup last yeah. year. Yeah. And look at all the players they have. So we've moved too far away from the talk of, like, it's a football match at an international level. And, like, Stephen Kenny knows this. You mm. might not always talk about it, but it's just the time has come now to have a Trapatoni performance where we score a header at the back post and don't give away anything. Yeah. Like, the small percentages in international football and we have to start taking advantage of them. I think we can play the small percentages in Stephen's game. Yeah. I think you just got to realise when we need to play long, when we need to play out, 
when we need to be brave enough. It's yeah. okay saying be brave, be brave, but if you're going to pass into somebody that is dead already before he receives it, you're in trouble. It's just using your game football knowledge, IQ, your football yeah. intelligence, football IQ, whatever you want to go <laughs> with it, and use it, and then go and... Listen, Greece is going to be a tough game. Yeah, Just yeah, on the uh, the training camp that you mentioned there, yeah. Stephen, like Turkey for 10 days, like the lads have had a long season. They probably went yeah. off on a week's holiday, and then they're flying to... I mean, they had a training camp for... Uh, non-Premier League players in Bristol for a few days then they had a break then flew to Turkey for 10 days and now they're going to Athens How have you ever been involved in end of season camps in, before an international game and like mentally and physically how draining is it and is it like yeah you know? I think it's physically mentally draining but they're, they're, they're robots now right. they, they yeah. know it's like Burnley were back in for a, a mini pre-season weren't they I think yeah. a couple of weeks ago no way back, last week or something yeah. like they come back in for a week yeah. just to top it up like, it's so a like, company but you have a break you're, you're, just, never, intense, yeah. you're just never off really <laughs> you're never off like. but you, you know yourself like some people at clubs wouldn't have played they'd be dying to go away and, and have a camp and train and actually be excited about it okay so and there'd be, there'd be a fear factor of not training as well. They, they, you get to that level where if I don't train for a week, yeah, Jesus, I'm getting a bit yeah. pinching yourself. Like you do see about, a lot of professional. I better not do it myself now. <laughs> I get paranoid. You see professional footballers putting in the training before pre-season training yeah. because they yeah. want to be fit for pre-season training, which is a mad thing, isn't it? Yeah, we, say, uh, you Kev, never stop. Kevin Doyle and I, our first season Premier League. By God, we trained. <laughs> we were in Rackormack, which is Clannavell, with a personal trainer, and we were pushing cars. Wow, we were doing old school. Yeah, granted. But with a modern twist in yes. terms of coaching, one of the coaches used to play for Palace, one of the, fi- the fitness coaches we used. And we trained like crazy, like, we just wanted to be ready. And did you feel the benefits of that? Steve? Yeah, we did, because we, we did, but we were that fit the first week. We had a little small twinge, but I didn't care because my body was just going to be out for four or five days and then back into it. I wasn't going to be, we were, we were machines. We yeah, were, yeah. And can you remember, like, people always thought with pre season and, like, the, the most grueling. Where's the? Do you remember the toughest pre-season you were ever on, and what 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 made it so tough? Oh, we were at Crystal Palace. I think when we went to a park in Wimbledon, and the heat was like this at the moment, right. and that was just well, off you go and run. Where are we running like <laughs> around the edge of the park? Or just do laps? Laps, okay, miles it was. <laughs> and I thought, oh my god, like I'm going to pass out here. But I remember one pre-season, typical me up the front, five or six. We had, we had six four hundred meters to do. Old school, really old wow. school running. And the first five, I was the, the donkey, pretty much. Out as fast as I could. And the last one, right, I'm going to burn everybody off here. But there was Julian Graves, and he used to play for Arsenal and Palace. He was six foot two. And Big long runner, legs. Long legs. He ran past me in the last 400 metres, like I wasn't <laughs> even there. And I'm going, to be fair, I went, you twat, you could have done that at the start. <laughs> and so, do you know what I mean? So, and that's, listen, I had 40 international caps, he didn't have money, so... <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? Harsh. Did you see that change then to the more modern managers? Yeah, it kept it kept changing as you went along. By the time I come out, it was nearly balls back in straight away. No one was really taking a time off. Their bodies were still in good condition. Football training you need, obviously, but it's just the game is yeah. going on and on. I hate these old pros that say, oh, the game is still the same." It's not. It's completely it's changed. Adapting all the yeah. time, the movements, the the, the patterns of play. It's changing all the time. Isn't it? Sports science and the Sports advanced science, and all yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having said that, <clears throat> the distances covered are not, are not much more and less, but the movements are changing, the right. patterns of play, the game is changing. Yeah, and with Stephen Kenny going back to Ireland this week, will he be doing a lot of tactical stuff with the, with the guys? Yeah, I think, I think it would have been physical at the start, more, more and more tactical as you get closer to the game. I think his patterns of play are set in, in the players' minds now, just re-emphasising that with the, with the two coaches. And... I think uh, re- remembering the fact that we're here to qualify. Mm. 
they, they they know that the coaches, they know that the manager knows that. So let's go. I think they set it down from the last camp. We're going to Greece to win. Yeah. I think that's important that they get that in the mindset, saying we are going to win here no matter what, no matter how hostile, no matter what comes up or how hot it is, we're going to find a way of winning and yeah. installing that. And that's why we're looking for. Look, if they go out and they play the percentages and like we lost to France, obviously, but what didn't bother me that we lost. It was losing the ball outside the box. And it's just something like that that wouldn't happen under Trapattoni. And this, right. this all sounds yeah. very, very harsh, but there's only 10 international matches a year. It's a very high level. It's going to come down to these little moments like that. So I just want, I don't want any of this positive talk. I want, we're going for the win because if we aren't, then we're going to be here this time next year saying, missing out on the Euros. You've been listening to Robbie Dunphy. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm only joking. I was very yeah, you're 100%. Much, from 2018. I'd be very much Kenny in, and it's not. I want the guy to lose his job, not like that at all. But I do just want the, the emphasis to move on a little bit more towards result and less on the fact that look at like people are getting people are astounded that we're passing the ball to each other. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I think whatever Stephen does from here on in, he'll be always be the person that's changed. Yeah, football. I tried to. Tell everybody he's changed football. I think he has changed football. I generally do think our style, he's tried has, to, changed. style yeah. has changed and give him credit for that. Because yeah. he could lose his job over it and he could have lost it a year ago and he's still stuck to it. So I give him credit for that. Yeah. But I, I also, I'll tell him straight to straight, face to face, we need to win. Like our yeah. fans deserve to go and play a major tournament. We deserve to be there. My daughter deserves to see him because we growing up, like she's still talking about going to the France game months on. Like, ah, so brilliant. We, we need them memories. We need to create a positive vibe and, and go from there. Brilliant. Um, like So, who is your team to beat Greece on Friday night? Um, or is it like, the, if you look at the last team we played against uh, France, uh, the, we were beaten 1-0, disappointing of course, um, but it wasn't the worst performance in the world. But as you, I, you know what, Robbie, you know what, the more I listen to you, the more I'm kind of going, do you know what, you're dead right. I've been a big <laughs> fan. I've been a big, big fan of Stephen Kenny and still am and uh, I've been fortunate enough to meet the man and a real gentleman and I wish him well, but, yeah, now's the time for results. Now's the time to... If not now, then when? Yeah. Like, what, are we going for the World Cup in 2026 or mm-hmm. Euros in 28? It has to be now. And, like, as we go back, you admire a lot of what he's done. He gets a lot of credit for bringing a lot of players through. But what bothers me is that it's, like, it's either all one thing or the other. Like, you can play passing football, but also play direct. Like, there's nothing wrong with playing Mix direct. Just you need to get away from this idea that the football has to be entertaining or have to enjoy watching it. You enjoy the results. You enjoy, enjoy the day out. No one, no one remembers too yeah. much from the details of the match. We watch club football for that. So, for me, not too, I think he knows his best team. He's probably he's generally stuck to it. I don't like him playing two midfielders in central midfield. I think he needs to put three in there. I don't know if you agree with me, Stephen. Cause it, it could go back to... Having two up front yeah. with three in midfield yeah. and Chizosi Ogbeni could be the one that plays off with Evan, Ferguson yeah. and go from there. It, it might he might go the other way and put two wingers out there, but it'll depend on the on the depend on Greece's style of play. Yeah. And unfortunately, I haven't done any tactic reviews <laughs> on Greece for today. But well, I've only just found out the fifty-two in the world. But around our level, we're going back to Stephen saying is that from my from watching the games, like when you're covering them, you sit in the stadium. You're up in the press box. You're on your own. You've known Trippy Chat. You're just typing away, and you're looking at, it and you're like, Ireland keep kind of getting overrun in midfield because he plays three forwards, and they're all pressing, and that's well and good against a team who are lower, maybe ranked lower than us, but a team on our level or higher than us. 
Ireland cannot go into a match with just two central midfielders. We were so exposed. Just, like, we don't have the players to do it. We don't have Luka Modric or the 90s. We don't have Declan Rice, unfortunately, anymore. Yeah. But we... we He's like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I highlighted that the night of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Games, I don't know, <laughs> to play devil, not devil's advocate, is... is Will Kenny's reign be judged on this qualifying campaign? Like, are you saying um, if he doesn't at least get a playoff spot, um, it's a, it's a failure, and we need to look look elsewhere? I think we need to look elsewhere anyway. Like, say Brighton will be looking; they know probably who the next manager's going to be. That's just clever planning. I'm not saying get rid of him, but we do have to take campaign by campaign. He has done a very very good job in a lot of sense. Lot of sense. It's like as Stephen saying, he's modernised the setup. That was probably. A good bit behind. He's hamstrungs a lot of his players aren't at an elite level that they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I wouldn't make a big snap judgment saying he should be out or in, but we should. All, if there is someone else out there who's better, we feel better to do this job, then it's like any job. It's, of course, you'd be looking at them. But there's someone looking to replace us, Robbie, next that's week. It, do you like, know what I mean? That's it. What happens is there's only Alan Corley coming in, so we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that. <laughs> Take the piss, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I not get rid of him, but. Like, this, 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 that's just been prudent but I do think now the talk for the positives which you hear a lot of just as I keep saying just kind of has to be parked it has to, we have to start looking at results again and looking at the approach and the method of how we're going to get them and I think a lot of that talk has been kind of gone because we've all been caught up in other stuff and do you reckon that Stephen as well? Yeah it's calculated I think it's important that you just don't throw away a manager that's been there for 3-4 yeah. years based on what we're thinking now we don't know how the games are going to go of course the FAI have to be Plan B in place, their options have to ready to go. That's just normal procedure in any work line, and especially in football now with, with Brighton showing the way how that can happen. So I think it's important that we look at the performances and then we judge at the end of it. If we qualify, he'll obviously be in a strong position to continue as coach, but we got to have plan B, plan C. Yeah. Even if we finish third, and that means beat Greece. Yeah. There's no shame finishing behind the Netherlands as well. That's what needs to be. Mm-hmm. And like we're in this position now, people are saying it's a tough group. It is, but we're in a tough group because one, bad luck with the draw, but two, our Nations League performance wasn't strong enough in terms of results. We lost Scotland. We lost these different matches. So, yeah, as I keep saying, I sound probably like Eamon Dunphy, but maybe it is time. Maybe it is time just to say. How this. is Eamon? Um, <laughs> he did a quiz for us a while ago, didn't he? He's in he good form, yeah, he was, yeah. Well. yeah. Good form, I say. Yeah. He's in good form. He was, he was. He's in good form. He was. Remember, oh, God. He sucked me in there. They call me, I call him a skinny rat the night before. Like. He sucked me in. Like, I, he was just firing abuse at the boys for weeks and weeks. Not even at me. And I've just gone, right, have that, you skinny rat. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought like I, d- I don't even regret it to this day because no. he's just hammering us for, for weeks and weeks would that be a topic like what those guys were saying on the RT yeah panel? but Eamon was such a big high profile it was getting so much pace he'd gathering like he just had so many fans yeah. everywhere based on how he was how he presented himself and he was obviously a real intelligent broad so you'd read the headlines of what Dunphy said and go oh listen I, I, he's only a skinny rat I remember saying it like <laughs> And I remember the next day one of the papers had a rat and then he's his head on it like Ah, uh, no way. I thought, okay, maybe a bit too much, but <laughs> I still think he's probably deserved at the time. Like, but do you know what? He's, he's been one of Ireland's best ever presenters. Yeah, presenters, yeah, he like, has co-host, been. Co-host like and... And he's from a he's from a bygone era when you really even think about it. He's like, like when I think of Dunphy, I think of the, the Jack Jack Charles. You say era. bygone, I was watching yeah. BT Sports and I and could have done with a bit of aim and Dunphy to Remind yeah. the people uh, of that's an interesting thing, yeah. Robbie. Actually, like, there was a lot of Ferrari over that, wasn't it? That yeah, it was like, a big love fest. You feel, you feel awkward saying this, like, because I do this job, I work in media, and I'm not the best in the yeah. world at my job, but you're watching it objectively, going, This isn't good enough. Like, and 
that's what the RT panel for all the sound bites mm. of Dunphy. He had good analysis and he would talk about the other stuff like Man City's the charges against them, how they got here. It was kind of like a bit of a banter fest. I felt like it was like the nineteenth hole, like after lads had a round of golf. Um, and it was two pally pally. Two it, pally pally. It was two pally pally, and then too many people that hadn't. There was no connection with yeah. it. Just appeared for the final. You watch the group stages all the way through. You get used to okay, West Ham, Joe Cole, yeah. Carton Cole. You yeah. know what's on coming. And then Ballad Helly turned out. I know what, you don't know what you're going to get with him, do you? And he was as dry as anything. Like, that's really yeah. hard saying that. But yeah. there's no, there's no. But his English wasn't 100. percent I suppose you know. Um, yeah. That, yeah, you can and see why you wanted him on it. But you kind of go, well, I mean, he's played for Inter, he's played for City, but he's also played for loads of other clubs. Um, it's just it was cringy. It was awkward. Yeah. Like, and I think in Ireland we've had good coverage over the years for RTE. So I was switching between RTE and. Like you'd never see Dunphy on a panel turn around and asking one of the players for an autograph. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Imagine. It's not Stevens anyway. <laughs> no. no did he ever that. respond to you? I'm sure he did. I listen. To it. I, I, he, he takes it, doesn't he? He can take. He gives it out, so he's got to yeah, be able to yeah, take it. Like so, I, yeah. He doesn't really take it, and he can take it. To be fair to him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's Ireland uh, on Friday night against Greece, and then we've got Gibraltar. Is it Tuesday? Monday. 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 Yeah. Monday. I'm back over Monday. Actually, I don't know if I'm. You're gonna go to that. I'm gonna go to it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you sound like you're surprised. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to Ireland you're going, yes I am and it could be a big game if we get a big result well again. this is it well if six points out of this would be amazing like, yep. this, this, this is just a huge match and I'm confident we can do it like it's mm-hmm. just yeah it's, it's about doing it now yeah it's talking stops here it's about getting out there and beating the grease <laughs> um, and then like there was a, I saw an, an article there recently which team out of Ireland and Greece is more likely to take points off Holland because ultimately that will decide who's going to get runners so let's be honest France are going to win the group um, they're that good um, and because we don't know an awful lot about Greece, we'll only find out about them on Friday. Yeah. We can't really make well, that call. We're going to play Netherlands till September, so yeah. like at that point, it's it's almost like a different cycle. You know, like it could be players injured. Time or, of the year, the yeah. heat, what, what's going on? I do think Aviva under lights whenever we play Holland will have an emotional attachment with yeah. with the Jason McAteer goal. Oh, the history, yeah, the history yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Uh, it plays a part. Like I know it didn't play a part. We had the Henri handball with France, and we still got beat, but. On the night, we could have easily got a draw. So I'm looking forward to, if we can beat Greece and come into Gibraltar on Monday, six points. I'm going to remain positive for now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dumpy's just come out there. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got rid of him. Yeah, baby. Six <laughs> points. Six points are nothing. Um, so I, I don't even know how much time we've done here, lads. I'm kind of, yeah, it's... it's. It, oh, I'm looking at the producer there going, hurry up, Eric, if you can. <laughs> okay, right. Well, listen, we've covered the transfers. We've covered Ireland. Um... The three of us are hoping, obviously, that Ireland gets six points out of six. We wish Stephen Kenny and the lads nothing but the best of luck. Let's go and do it, boys. This has been the House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. I'd like to thank Stephen Hunt and Robbie Redman for joining me next week. Join us again. Tell your mates, subscribe, follow, share. All that works. And we'll see you next week for episode 13. You've been listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill.